Look, I know we we talked about having a, a prid quo plo. Prid, Look, can we just wipe the slate clean? Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbours. CJK and Bayer. Let's get the neighbours. Hello, this is Neighbours. We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast. We get stuck right into the recent episodes of the Aussie soap Neighbours that have just aired in Australia, which is where we are. My name is Vaya. I cannot suspend disbelief, which is why analysing soap works well for me. And obviously, we are in isolation. I'm in the PirateNet studios, about to dial in using Pierce's uh, telecommunications empire, Grace and Global, to our other co-hosts. First, though, Neighbours Council Business. The business, again. First item of business, we will be recording a Q&A episode of this podcast. Please send me your questions, neighbourspod at gmail.com or find the post in our Facebook group. Post a comment. Uh, you can ask a question of me, CJ or Kate or all of us. It doesn't have to be neighbours related, although we have a plethora of delicious neighbours questions. I'm really excited for them uh, because I'm eight months prego. It's getting very fatiguing just existing and I'm sure I'm sure that's not going to improve anytime soon so gonna have a few little bonus episodes up our sleeves if you want some content we like to deliver that especially for our patrons over at patreon.com slash neighbors pod thank you so much for your support during this time of pandemic a reminder you can opt out at any point pause your pledge come back when it's you know greener pastures but a huge thank you too Alex and Tom, who have joined up. Thank you, friends. Lovely to have you. Glad we can keep you company during this ISO time. Also, a big thanks to everyone joining the chat over in the Neighbours Council on Facebook, particularly the Quizmasters posting a pub quiz every Friday night, London time. Just joyous. And to Olivia, Deputy Mayor of the Neighbours Council, for counselling those in the UK who are behind with their episodes. We're with you guys. We're with you. Is that everything? Oh, Neighbours is resuming production with strict social distancing measures. So really keen to see how they dish that up for us in the coming months. I think it's going to be an amazing storylining challenge and I can't wait to see what they do. It's going to be good for the Australian entertainment industry and Neighbours is pioneering it. So well done, guys. And also, that means Takaya Honda is back at work, so he'll be probably resting his Tech Talks YouTube series, but you should go and watch his interview streams for his fellow cast members. I just watched the Jody one today, and it was very insightful. He's just a great interviewer. I appreciate it. Okay, I'm lonely. I need Kate. I need CJ. This is business. It's not personal. CJ, a.k.a. CJ the Hot Mess Mum. Hello. Hello. How are you going? Great. And Kate is at Remude on Twitter, but also here. Hello. Hi, everybody. How are you going? Swell. It's, we're recording on Anzac Day, which falls on the weekend, which means maybe we don't have a Neighbours episode addressing it, but it reminded me of, may he rest in peace, Gazcan, because 
I don't know which year it was, but I just only can hear him in the waterhole playing two up, going, come in, spinner. <laughs> come in, spinner. Yeah, it seems like something that he'd like to, to attach himself to, I reckon. <laughs> So I wonder if they'll do an honorary game of two up for our fallen comrade. Maybe Gary the Pigeon can come. I can't even deal with Sheila and Gary the Pigeon. Sheila is having full conversations with a pigeon as her son. You do you, lady. You guys realise that you're very lucky tonight because I'm talking to you guys and not watching one of my childhood favourite movies, which is on TV right now. What's that? The Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, really? Really? I watched that so many times as a kid. We'd hop down to movie land, rent it out, have it for the weekend. It was, yeah, always a surefire winner. It's like five hours long, though. It's really long. Yeah, but it's not so much the length of it. It's more the questionable themes. But, you know, my parents were okay with it and that, it all kind of went over my head. Well, um, you can stream it later. It's not the same, but you can. <laughs> so, okay, I want to talk about this week... My God, I feel like every week the episodes are getting more and more gritty since Bum Island. And we've had April the 20th until the 24th, the sentencing come down for Ellie, who again reigns supreme as Hot Mess Ellie. Because Toadie, who's just like, oh, this is another day at the office, this case is a bloody walk in the park. In she goes and her sentence is guilty because the judge uh, decided that because she tried to almost kill Finn a couple of times in her past, that's enough to send her into prison for three years, no parole. Yeah, it's funny she didn't actually disclose that to Toadie before this point. (laughs) But, oh, well, them's the breaks. Well, it does sort of set her up for not like a mistake killing, doesn't it? That she's done that, you know, not succeeded before. Mm. (laughs) Doesn't look good. Uh, Third time's a charm, Ellie. Third time's a charm. Mm. But also, I did question the fact that he entered this evidence late. Like the judge is like, by the way, additional evidence. However, anyone could probably Google it, I'm sure. I'm sure it's public record that she nearly ran Finn down those times. Maybe it's not on the search engine. Oh, okay. He was familiar with his browser and he didn't switch over. No. Remember that um, kid that was obsessed with Finn? Maybe in, in the judge's mind that kid rang him up and said, you, you just don't know everything about this case. Well, that kid is probably about to have his own Disneyland because oh, Pierce and Chloe had some interest to buy Bum Island. I love it. And it's going to be an escape from Bum Island escape room slash island. Themed island. That sounds fun, guys. I, that sounds terrifying. What was that movie? Shutter Island? Is it going to be like that? Oh, God. I don't know. I can only think of the Scooby-Doo movie. It's very similar. I think of the Running Man movie from like the 80s, 90s with Arnold Schwarzenegger in it, where it's basically a real life video game, but you like quite possibly could die, which is what just happened there. Anyway, Hendrix is into it. He's going to run it. It's going to be great. Oh, Hendrix. But we need to point out and celebrate the fact that we had a Kate Stradamus without even planning for it. Who would have thought? (laughs) I certainly didn't. Just a little offside, offhand comment. Kate, last episode, said, what's Claudia going to do, blackmail a judge? Finn's mum has a plan and she doesn't need any luck with it. Blackmail a judge. I want what you promised. There, your wife will never know. No copies. That was the arrangement. I had completely forgotten I'd even said that. 
but well done me. She blackmailed a bloody judge. Judge Vag, by the way, if you want to look at the credits. Dirty Vag, what's he been up to that he doesn't want the wife to know about? Oh, I was I was thinking, what is it? Kitty porn? Is he like a sex tourist? Is he on the dark web? It's got to be more than an affair. Like it's got to be out of centre a bit. It um, reminds me of that, again, a lot, a lot of this reminds me of Special Victims Unit, but with the Catholic priest who was in like some kind of sex ring, like some like sex dungeon escapades. Oh, yeah. Look, it's not a shock for a judge, really, is it? They're, they're up to some weird shit. Every second SVU episode is a judge caught up in some hijinks. I mean, it's pretty upsetting that, firstly, Ellie was wandering around that courtroom like she was in a like communion or something, like a first communion, rather. <laughs> like, the baby looked beautiful. Oh, yeah. In its little white onesie and very innocent and pure, little bonnet. And she was just, like, giving it a kiss before, like, now I'm off to get married or something. And then it was like, oh, <laughs> Whoops, I'm up for, for manslaughter, am I? Like, mm. And here's the point where I say, Toadie, what the fuck? Mm. And I know he wasn't prepared for the bonus evidence and the blackmail, but the reason I judge him as a lawyer for failing his client yet again is for not preparing her for every possible outcome. It's like he popped her head in the sand and went, no, 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 no. Don't prepare for prison. Don't put your affairs in order. Don't consider the care of your child. Let's just go to court and we'll see what happens. It's it's Steph Scully all over again. I was actually a bit traumatised watching her get whisked off to prison because it's one of my nightmares. It's one of those, you know, everyone's got their phobias like, you know, fire or um, falling off a cliff or whatever it is. And just getting whisked off to prison when you're innocent with no warning is is like the stuff of nightmares. It's pretty specific. (laughs) I I don't know if having time to prepare really changes it. You could have one last Grease Monkeys burger. Yeah. One last actual good wine. It doesn't matter. She's losing her freedom. Yeah. Yeah. So, CJ, tell me a little bit about this procedure here that we have. So, Claudia's gleeful because Finn's mum because she's blackmailed the judge and she's like, well, then I'm going to have Asta, my granddaughter, and Ellie's like, hold up, she's coming with mama. Yeah. So Ali decides on the fly, but as Vea has pointed out, she didn't have warning to, you know, not make a decision on the fly, that she'll take the baby. This is after a very quick conversation with Skye, who said, I can't give you advice. Everyone's, by the way, everyone treats taking a baby to prison like um, buying a financial product, like they can't give you specific advice, <laughs> but look into your own situation and read the terms of agreement. And is there not a social worker or someone that's there so you don't have to see which nearby cop happens to have gone through this themselves? Well, there would be. So generally the the person that plays that role is a social worker. They probably work for the Selvos or something like that. Yeah. Um, so people I've worked with work for – they're generally some sort of religious organisation, but they're a prison-specific religious organisation. Outreach-type workers. Yeah. And they – are in the court. So they sit with people in when they're by themselves. So when she was taken away, when she was whisked away and she was by herself to begin with, there would have been someone with her. Okay. And that person would have been talking. And that person, if your family don't know that you're in prison because, you know, like you've been arrested and taken in the middle of the night or whatever, that person would probably call your family for you and all those things. So, yeah, there would be someone with her and – 
So anyway, she's by herself. She asks Sky. Sky just says, oh, if you take your baby and just never take your eye off her, which that's terrifying. It's hard to sleep anyway in prison, but like to be looking <laughs> at your baby. Oh my gosh. What a terrifying thing to say. You'd have to get a toddler leash. Oh my God. And you'd have to like tie it up to your chair. <laughs> um, And then, so... Ali decides to take the baby in and I think she hadn't 100% made her mind up but Claudia says we'll look after Asta as you said she's gleeful and so she decides to take the baby in the Kennedys take the baby back Susan's very annoyed at anyone that suggests this is a bad idea I I was actually team Susan there I thought this is the best thing Susan's done in years where she's like no her mother says she wants her to be with her and that's the, the final word and you're like, Carl was like kind of prevaricating and being persuaded by um, Claudia. But like Susan's like, no, no, it's Ellie's decision. Yeah. And you, it's, it's fair to ask the question, is she going to be safe? And that's a fair question. But you would assume she would be. Yeah. She's a, she's a civilian. She's innocent. Yeah. Yeah. She should be protected. And Ali does go into the prison very entitled. Like one of the first things she says is, I was told I was getting my own room. <laughs> With an ensuite. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? Um, which is very strange behaviour. <laughs> it's not the bloody free-for-all Ken Den now, love, is it? No, it's really not. It's, it's a bloody stainless steel toilet in full view of your celly. <laughs> oh, God. Sally. The thing is, is that so I, I phoned someone straight away that would know this kind of information and you have to get permission to bring a child in. It's a legal process and you have to get permission by the governor, but also like the um, director of corrections. So it's like it's not something that could be quickly done by the courts. It's not just like bring me my extra set of pajamas. No, no, it's not like that at all. So anyway. Look, it's neighbours, so it's not always going to be 100% right anyway. And also, CJ, they'd put you in a like a mother-baby unit as well, wouldn't they? They wouldn't just stick you out in general population with your baby. That That's right. So they, And the prison that Ali would have been going to is the one that I worked in, the women's prison in Melbourne. They're calling it Goodwood or Neighbours. Yes, continue. And they have, they're like little units and they probably, they put someone like Ali probably with some older women that would look after her. Like they do put thought into it. That's beautiful. At women's prisons anyway. You know what I found weird in this was that when Andrea, spoiler alert. Oh, yeah, we'll get into her. Was saying to to Ellie, there's a lot of mums here who haven't seen their babies in years and quote unquote, it might set them off. And I thought, (laughs) you know, I've seen a few docos about prison, but generally the women there are not in for violent offences and – they're protective of children. Like, mm. don't child abusers get, like, a pretty bad rap in prison? They get killed, more than yeah. likely. So if, if like, old mate Patrice went and harmed baby Asta... They would have killed her. Yeah. Sidebar, I loved Patrice. Looks like she'd go down pretty easily. I really wanted more of Patrice. I wanted a Patrice spin-off show. What are you in for? A voluntary manslaughter. But, but I didn't do it. Aggravated assault and me neither. I would like Patrice to be in Wentworth. Like, she needs to go there. I like her a lot. Perfect. You know what they need? I want there to be a really camp neighbours slash prisoner spin-off. Not dark and gritty like Wentworth. I want it to have the same sort of feel as Prisoner, which was a lot Mm. more lighter. It was, you know, hijinks in the laundry, that sort of thing. And Andrea is perfect as the top dog who can go and, like, quell the female giant by just yanking her hair. Amazing. It was – I found it – oh, I, I found it really anxiety-inducing watching 
The scenes could be pregnancy hormones, Vaya. Yeah, it totally, it, it totally is because obviously it's ludicrous. But when she's running out into the main general area, the mess hall or whatever with the baby in the capsule sidebar, Kate, can you, can you talk to me here? And look, I'm trying to get some information everywhere I can. She's got the baby capsule and no other sleeping accommodations for Asta. How long can a baby sleep in that thing? Technically, they're not meant to be in a capsule for longer than two hours at a time. <laughs> Mm. can ruin their back, right? So if you go for a drive to somewhere three hours away, you're meant to stop after two hours, wake them up probably, give them a feed, let them stretch and that before continuing on. Otherwise, Asta's going to turn into a cantaloupe slice and just be curved that way. She's going to be, yeah, like going to have scoliosis and probably like the back of her head will be really flat as well. At least grab the bassinet attachment. I have to point out that I totally agree with what you mentioned, Kate, in agreeing with Susan that the baby should be with Ali. So I did some um, mental health first aid training last year and there's a list of like, it's like 10 or 12 things that will give you lifelong trauma. And one of them is your parent being incarcerated. Oh, man. And and a lifelong trauma isn't a death sentence. Like, you can get through things. Coil's starting to make a lot more sense, I'm just realising. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But people do things to try and help someone through what would be a traumatic situation. And as to not being removed from her mother entirely is something that should be done. Mm. I would have thought it was a human right of Asta's to be with her mother. Definitely. And as a civilian, innocent child... She deserves to be in a separate unit. Mm. It doesn't matter that they're overcrowded. Get someone else into Patrice's room. She deserves to be safe. Yeah. She's, she hasn't committed a crime. I can't see how they could possibly justify putting Ellie into a shared room with someone who has violent tendencies as well. Another option could have been the baby Bjorn or the, like a carrier that Ellie could have strapped Asta to her out whenever she was out in general population. Just not have a bloody pan bag. I feel like I've watched a doco about a women's prison, like in the mother-baby unit in particular, and the babies just don't go out in the general population. Like I think the mothers can, but the babies stay within like a nursery area. That sounds wise. Yeah. And I think different segments of the prison population have – different you know they have a different lunch time mm. they have a different phone time they have a different all of those different things. riot time <laughs> yeah um they wouldn't just be out I must say like I have met children who lived in general population but they weren't babies so there is children that just live in the unit in the same room as their mother but they don't it's very different from what we're seeing on tv they're living in little units it's like little houses. Yeah. And there's an outside and there's a playground and like all of those things um, like in there. But I have met children, but they're more like the three-year-old. And that, that would be such a privilege for both the mother and the other. I assume the other prisoners would have to be on very good behaviour to be allowed to be in that situation. Yes. And the phone call I made afterwards, um, they let me know that – if somebody is allowed to take their child into the prison, there has to be somebody who is legally um, like the guardian that's not you um, who will pick up the child within like an hour Great. of being phoned. Far out. Like you're saying, you have to be on good behaviour. If anything happens, they ring that person and they have to come and get them. It's a long way from Erinsborough to wherever the women's prison is as well. Yeah. And it's a long way from Switzerland or Sweden or wherever <laughs> Claudius <laughs> Planning to go back to. So how does this riot break out? Ellie's having a tough first 24 hours in the slammer. 
So, Claudia, so it turns out that Claudia is so well connected through her lawyer that she is paying off Andrea or Andrea to uh, cause problems, get into Ali's head, um, cause this riot is one of the other things that, ha- that she causes. Okay, now let's take a moment for Andrea because we, it's, she steps back into our lives and it's like she never left because we're just like, yeah, cool. Hey, man, what's up? It was just such a joy to see Madeline West back in both her forms this week. Yeah. Andrea, she's just great. She just opens a big bogan mouth and you're like, oh, I've really missed you. Um, you know, like she she walks into the scene like with a bang, kicking out Ellie Selly, Boomer. I mean, um, Patrice. <laughs> Cut price, Boomer. She's she's, oh, she's just full of all the good liners, you know, like last week with um, Roxy. But this week, you know, you know, she said about Patrice, she's a pit bull. And like all dogs, she can be trained. I was like, that's great. <laughs> so Andrea emerges as top dog, but I reckon she's like a terrier, like a rabid terrier, just yanking at the ankles of everyone who gets in her way. She's- She's not very top doggy because top dogs, I feel, are like often older and more regal and I don't know, more. I just imagine B from when <laughs> everyone on Wentworth. Yeah. We know from her, the rest of her life she's very manipulative. So she knows how to push people's buttons, how to get on people's good sides, how to like really deceive people. She's been in with the gangland, crims. Mm. She wants to, you know, she wants to educate Ellie on prison life and be her friend. Oh, and oh, did you hear um, that Heather's in the psych ward, which I can only assume is in Pearl Bay? Oh, the, yes, that's, again, very wise. Now, Goodwood Prison doesn't get a lot right, but I think it's very, very smart to look after Nanny Alice's mental health. Oh, going back to that prison riot, so Patrice is worried about Aster crying, so she wrestles the capsule off Ellie and then just kind of waves it around a bit, and then Andrea storms in manages to disarm Patrice by pulling her hair, which was a great scene. And then this is possibly my favourite scene this year in Neighbours. She intimidates the F out of giant S Patrice by barking, back off, back off, back off at her. And it works. It was great. The other move Andrea pulls so she wants to get in with Ellie for reasons we don't quite understand yet. But she's like, okay, you know Toadie, I know Toadie, we're friends, we're all friends here. But you want to keep your baby safe? You've got to let me in here and I'll keep your baby safe. I'd say yes, please. If I had the top dog of a prison saying, I want to be your Sally, I'd be like, okay, okay. I know, I guess this is just everything it entails as well. But if you can keep me safe, that's okay. It's like Ellie has never watched a prison TV show and she's never been aware of like how you need to behave. You get there if the top dog befriends you. Thank you, lucky stars. Yeah, you do. This is what you get, Ellie, for not being nicer to your students. Piper could have told you a thing or two if you were on good terms with her. She could have said, hey, Tyler, here are his list of tips how to get in with the good people in the know in prison. The thing is, it's there's a lot of jailbirds on Ramsey Street. Like Puffy, you know, Puffy's been in jail, and um, which I love it that he's introducing his prison lingo later on in the, the week when he um, says, you don't want the women to think she's lagging. Lagging, yes. Mm. No, no, lagging. 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 <laughs> Except I pronounced the G at the end. <laughs> yes, thank you. And he didn't, trust me. But I love it. <laughs> if only he'd had like a 10-minute chat with Ellie about, look, this could have been Toadie's prep, just having his brother to say, look, so you might be going to prison. Here's some, here's some hot tips. Keep your head down. Don't piss anyone off. Find out who the top dog is and um, ingratiate yourself. And they could have done it down at Harold's with the um, with like the fruit bowl, going, okay, now which variety of apple do we need to get the apple gang going? Pink lady for sure. <laughs> yes. 
So I loved Puffy all week. Every time something happened, he'd have like a knowing look like I've been there. Like he just wants to like pump his chest, like send heart messages to her or something. The other reason Andrea would be a great Sally is because she's just up for a good chat. Oh, yeah. Like it would make things interesting. They were having a great old gas bag. She had like a gossip mag later on. I was like, hey, I'd be prepared to talk crap all day. And she went to the she went to the store and got nappies and chocolates. So great. That was bloody and how ungrateful was Ellie. But also, side note, surely again it is a human right for the prison to supply nappies. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Just spend for yourself? I think that you'd have to pay for it. But but they get they give them toilet paper as well, don't they? Like she came in with like a, a four pack, which I noticed with my um, hoarding eyes. Yeah, I'm trained to see toilet paper in the wild. Don't you worry. But the attitude in the prison is that everything is a gift and not a right. Right. But they're going to let a baby who isn't incarcerated just be covered in poo. No. But, like, they'd make her buy it. Like, but I don't know. I mm. Look, I could be wrong. I just think you'd have to. They could at least supply some terry cloth old school nappies. Yeah. They probably would. That's probably what they would supply. But what else does our, our friend party girl Andrea supply for Miss Ellie? Oh, a bit of prison hooch. <laughs> this was a bloody highlight. This was after poor Ellie had to um, give up Asta. After the riot. Oh, so the riot's essentially been staged so that the Kennedys and Ellie will decide, okay, it's too dangerous for the baby. What's best? Send her back to the Kennedy house. And the Kennedy house, again, no one has done any groundwork for worst case scenario. What are we going to do if we can't have the baby in the prison? So the Kennedys are just like, okay, we have, it's three Kens and a baby. <laughs> Let's go. And Claudia's like, um... You guys got any framework for how this is going to run? This was a moment where Andrea actually gave Ellie some nice advice, I thought. Yeah. Giving up your baby is a really big decision. It's not one I made lightly. But I knew that I was giving him to people who would take care of him, who'd love him and keep him safe, you know, safer than I could. And I think that's the most important thing, yeah? I think you've got to ask yourself the question, am I keeping Asta here because it's best for Asta or am I keeping her here because it's best for me? I was like, wow, that's that's like a reality mm. check right there for Ellie. And it worked, didn't it? So then Ellie wants the old comfort of home, the favourite form of medicine, which is getting on the terps. That she's not too into the hooch. She says, oh, this is disgusting. It's just, I mean, she, to think she has to drink prison hooch in her, in her shared bedroom in prison, it's just disgusting. But it's been at least a year before she is actually, since she's drunk um, alcohol. Really? I reckon she's got on it and pumped and dumped. Yeah, she would have had a tipple on the island. Yeah. Well, she had to she had to pump and dump the next day as well. And then was was quite rude to Andrea and I thought, "You're a silly woman. Like don't be getting Andrea offside. She just showed you a good time last night." But as a nerd burger who can't stand breaking the rules and this terrifies me. But Ellie's not a nerd burger, is she? No, she's not. She's a cool girl. But if I'm there, like does pairing up with the top dog put me in danger? Like am I in the firing line? Uh, yes, but rejecting the top dog puts you more in the firing line. Oh, God, it's impossible. It's an impossible riddle. <laughs> what do you do? But also when you're in with the top, like in that sweet, sweet spot where you're with the top dog, nothing can hurt you. Okay. And at least you have good chats and toilet wine. Yeah. 
Yum. <laughs> oh, speaking of other more contraband that Andrea had, she had a phone as well. Oh, yeah. And she offered it to Ellie and I thought, how did that get smuggled into prison? Hey, there are a lot of crevices on the human body. It's a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't think that's that uncommon. But Tony, again, he's like, don't use that phone. I'm like, here's something you could have added to the list of things to tell your client before she's in the bloody clink. What's the harm in her using it, though? Like, if, if Andrea is watching out for her, then she's not going to get discovered using it. You know why? Why? He's like, don't use that phone. The last time I was in the same place that that phone was, something really bad happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> and so Andrea has this mission for Ellie, and that is to get Toad to hook her up for a chat with her twin sister, Dion Bliss. Oh, and then, and of course, then we see Dee on Thursday. Yeah, because she got a flight the next day. She is back like an Earth Mama ray of sunshine. Doesn't seem to have any commitments back up in Byron Bay. No. It's the vibe up there. I just love the way they contrast like her wardrobe, her makeup and her demeanour from Andrea. I think they do it really well. So Toady initially doesn't want to tell Dee that Andrea wants to see her. I think that that's I'm I'm with Shane and Dippy here. That that's inappropriate. Like they are twin sisters who really have some stuff to they need to work out. And yeah, they're adults with agency and you know, should be able to control their own lives. Just at least pass the phone number on and let them make their own calls. Mm. So Dee's still kind of puzzling over whether Andrea's changed or not, but in the end decides to go and visit her in prison. And when Andrea sees her in the waiting room, she pulls the ultimate top dog power move and just swipes a plate of biscuits off some other prisoner's table. That was outstanding. Firstly, the, the, the fact that the wardens just don't have any regard for the security, like who knows what she could have laced those biscuits with or done some sleight of hand, just a tray of open biscuits. Amazing work. I can't remember whether um, Madeline West ever talked about this, but I think she must really love playing Andrea. I think she enjoys the hell out of that. What do you, What is she more like? You've you've met her, well, you know her, Vaya. Is she more D or is she more Andrea? Well, the the great thing is she's got elements of both in her. Mm. She and whenever she did improv comedy, she loved playing that rough as guts kind of bogue character she loved playing against type she knew that everyone knew her as the soapy princess and she loved getting on stage and swearing and being one of the boys and i totally see that duality in her it's so great <laughs> I'm, I'm just putting this out into the universe but i think she'd be one of my dream guests well i've got a youtube video where i had a quick chat with her just before she came back to play d oh yeah that's right that was a, not long after the pod started yeah at her book launch on um yeah neighbors pod on youtube I'll uh, see if we can reach out. Once we can all be in rooms again with people. <laughs> but i got to say, people are pretty more keen to collab at the moment. Like anyone's willing to be on anything. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Getting back to um, Andrea and Dee in prison, Andrea's apologising for how angry she was last, last time she saw her. Angry slash murderous. Well, she, she can't get over the twist of fate that saw Dee handed over to a loving family. And there's this great quote here where she goes, I hated you. You struck gold. You got bliss. I got the crap. You know, I would have loved it if her surname was was crap. Um, I went to school with a girl whose last name was spelled K-R-A-P-P-S. They pronounced it craps, but we all knew what it was. Uh-huh. <laughs> we had family friends whose surname was crap, but that would have been, that would have been perfect. Um, but the blisses didn't have a great time of it. No. 
Everyone died. And also I saw someone tweet the other day that Cecile and Dee were a DNA match. So there's unfinished business there too. Interesting. I reckon Heather had another kid and she was and just gave her to the blisses as well. Well, I'm I'm here for a spin-off and I'm here for this being in neighbours as much as possible. And so Dee decides she doesn't want more contact. Like she doesn't want to visit Andrew again while she's here. And I'm just like, why can't you just be pen pals? That's a, that'd be nice. Yeah. I, this is the perfect solution to bloody COVID isolation though, having all the scenes filmed between the one actress playing two characters. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. We could have – imagine if they got like um, – it was just weeks of neighbours, just like Dr. Phil and Dee and Andre- Andrea. Oh, yeah. Just – you know, just nutting it out and maybe Heather comes on for a couple of episodes. It'd be great. I would watch a few weeks of every single person's therapy session. Oh. Every night, half an hour, different therapist, different yes. client. I just want to say that when Andrea got back to the room, um, she was like so happy. Like when she got back to her cell with Ellie and um, Ellie was pretty still shut off with her. And hungover. But uh, my favourite part was Andrea being unable to say quid pro quo. Oh, that was delicious. So I think I just, I buy Andrea taking money from Claudia. I buy that. I buy her trying to get Dee to come in to see her and using whatever means necessary. But I actually see a glint of her just wanting to, as Kate said earlier, show Ali the prison life, look after her, because she is a connection to the outside world. And people in prison are often looking for that connection. Mm. And she knew Ali on the outside. She called her a good girl? Well, she because she was reading a book. Yeah. <laughs> and she can probably teach her to say all those words yep. that she doesn't know how to say because she's a teacher. Uh, I feel like Andrew is the type who will just turn around and completely double-cross Claudia anyway. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> She'll sell her up the river. She'll expose the blackmailing yes, I agree. saga. Uh, however demoned she is, she gave up a baby. Uh, yes, that baby lives with its father, but she was she gave a baby up. So watching Ali do that, she's not going to be able to not empathise with her. Yeah, she was coming from a genuine place. Yeah, she is. And she, yeah, she said she gave it to people she, who she knew would take care of him, love him and keep him safe. Yeah. Um, side note, I watched Jodie Gordon. I don't know what she brands herself as these days, but she was on Takaya's YouTube show, Tech Talks, and she is just about to – she hasn't filmed Ellie's final scenes yet. She's <gasps> What? She's filming them next week. Oh. oh, my God. We've got a long, lot more longer of Ellie than we thought we did. It's a journey. Unless she has a, a break, we don't see her, and then she comes back or whatever. But just before the isolation came down, she was finishing up. And then they halted the shooting. So she didn't have her final scenes and she had to go home and she didn't get to say goodbye to any of her castmates. And she said she thought they were just going to wrap it up with whatever footage they had. But now that she's got two more weeks there to wrap everything up for Ellie. So she's really relieved. What a little scheme up because she planted that story about how her – she had a bad end in Neighbours, so we all thought yeah. she was going to die. So maybe she didn't even know then when she said that what was happening. Although there was a lot of death in and around this storyline, so she did skirt yeah. around it pretty pretty accurately. And she is in prison without her baby now, so <laughs> things aren't going well. It's pretty devastating. <laughs> yeah. I know we were talking before about, you know, I said putting it out into the universe before that we want Madeline West. But can we put it out into the universe that come summertime we get the spin-off that we want, the prison spin-off? Goodwood. <laughs> that's when that's when Goodwood cellmates become good friends. <laughs> the, the, we want the Patrice backstory. Love Patrice. 
I just don't think Madeline West is going to do a web series. You reckon? Well, Ten Peach has got slots available. Yeah, a lot of them, probably. (laughs) Good God, if they could only stop playing Friends every five minutes, that would be fantastic. I want to talk about, just to deviate from the big house, I want to go to the Robinson house because the Robinson-Robinson feud has escalated in a glorious way. It's because of teen hormones, the best way. Harlow and Hendrix want to have sleepovers at Castle Grayson and they go to the best person to ask for that and that's Chloe Brennan. (laughs) And she's like, well, okay, that's great that you asked me but I have to ask the top dog and that's Robbo. I feel this is where you could use a line from Andrea where you can't con a con artist. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So they they have this family meeting and Paul's, of course, like, teenagers can't have sex. All the other adults are like, they can and they will. So let's provide a safe environment for that to take place. In the end, Harlow storms off and goes to stay with Hendrix and um, freezes Paul out. I look, I just feel like, mate, I wouldn't be thrilled about my granddaughter going to spend the night with the local shitbag next door. But also, like, well, okay, if it does happen, then there does need to be some guidelines. Like, maybe... Saturday nights only or something like that. Yeah, which is I think what Pierce and Chloe were wanting to have a dialogue about. Like, how is this going to work? And even when Harlow went over there, Chloe's like, no, 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 you're going to sleep in the spare room. Yeah. They wanted to have rules in place, but Paul just wanted to lay down the law and go, I'm in control here. And Harlow's like, no, it doesn't work like that. I can understand where you're coming from, Vaya, but I just – how old is – she's like 16, right? She's in year 12. Well, I was 16 at the start of the year 12. You never know. I know she's smart. I know she's been through a lot. But at the end of the day, I just feel like she's demanding a lot of things when she's actually the child in the relationship, in that house. But when can you demand things if not after the death of one of your parents? Well, but still, like, going, having the sleepovers, like, I had that conversation a few times with my parents. And, like, it's not a right. That That is not a right. It's not a right, but teenagers will find a time and a place, won't they? I imagine. Teenagers that had that offer available to them. A hundred percent they would. And I don't think there's anything wrong with the way that Chloe and Pierce and Trey's were going about it. And it will happen. But I just think that being like, basically she moved out because Paul didn't want her having sex with the local shitbag. Well, I think there was an asterisk there. There was like, I'm going to stay there for a few days. Just don't talk to me. Bye. I, th- I think it's very immature. Look, to be honest, it's Paul's house, Paul's rules. True. Actually, it's Teresa's house at the moment. <laughs> no, but it, for he, she's only staying there because she's Paul's granddaughter. Yeah, but it's they're a couple. They should be making decisions as a married couple about yeah. what they're doing for her. And if one person is completely not even listening to her like he goes to 11 immediately he won't just go talk to me about what you'd like Mm. but Paul Paul and Therese are essentially from different generations as well yeah totally but I just think that I like the start of the scene where they cleaned the house and then we're going to Chloe and they were actually acting like look we're going to ask for this thing and we know you don't have to say yes so we're just going to be really good Um, but with Paul it was like oh you said no one tiny thing. He was inappropriate because he always is. But I'm just sick of this storyline because Paul 
is inappropriate and his family, as Kate said last week, forget everything he's ever done for them. It's just we get this like once every second month on Neighbours. Yeah. But they've made him a goldfish now. They're making him immediately forget someone's instruction to him or request to him one minute before. Yeah, but one of the main things that Harlow was annoyed at him this week was because she forgot her homework and then that became a Paul problem to deliver it. And then when he gets to the school, he actually does one of the nicest things that he's ever done by um, being concerned about Susan and driving her home. And suddenly this became a him problem that he didn't give her the homework. When really, Harlow, be mature, be organised. Yeah. Remember your goddamn homework. I agree with you there. And also email a soft copy to yourself because it's 2020 and paper assignments aren't the only way to hand them in. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm remembering high school from 20 years ago. That probably is all just online submission now, is it? Well, it probably is. You're right. But also like, oh, hey, Harlow. Yeah, me. Yeah, fifth on the roll. Um, You know how I was just caught up in that whole murder island thing? Well, my homework's going to be here tomorrow and everyone will be like, (laughs) okay, cool. Yeah, she'll be having special consideration till the cows come home. She does not need to worry. Or even I left it on my desk. Can I run home straight after school and bring it straight to you? Yeah, because I've got a maths test. And then they'd be like, yeah, sure. No, but suddenly, oh, no, Paul's a bloody supervillain. Oh, suck it up, Harlow. It was your fault you didn't remember it. This is what's called being an adult. And you want to be an adult in other areas of your life. However, this is very true to teenagers because they can't separate out the issues. One is just bleeding into the other, which is also what Paul does to Dr. Nacker and Aaron. And they call him out on it. They're like, you can't separate your moods. David goes, you change your mood like you change your undies. Like, we don't know what's coming. We came over to have a business meeting with you and you were cut with Harlow, so you took it out on us. And then he didn't want to sell the gym. So I'm not selling. The thing is that they knew. They knew beforehand that he wouldn't want to sell the gym and that they had an uphill battle. Why would you push the matter on a day that you know he's in really foul mood? Well, they didn't really know. They did know. They were pre-warned that Pierce actually texted them and said, no, Ah. he's in a mood right now. There's an issue with Harlow, which Pierce, obviously a more experienced businessman, is going, red flags, red flags, do not raise this right now. That's what's actually called being a business person. When you're working in an office environment, you've got to choose your the times to flag your battles. CJ, you've got a couple of family members in business. What happens if someone decides they want the other person out of the business and the other person's like, nah? Well, there's more than likely there'd be a lot of fighting. I think that that's real. Um, but also, you when you go into business, you tend to make a plan for exit. So it's like a prenup. Mm. I was going to say, it's like premarital counselling. Yeah, you make a pie. But also, Paul doesn't want that. I just leave him alone. He doesn't need the, He doesn't want the shed. He doesn't. He doesn't the shed. Get his more stolen goods dropped off there. He's just giving me the irritants. He just needs to, like, bring the levels down a little bit. Nah, he's Paul. That's what he does. Yeah, like, he's, he's true to, to character. And the rest of them are just big old variations of annoying piety. It culminates in this incredible standoff with Dr. Nacker coming round to Paul's house Okay, because the reason they want to sell the business and go in with PS is they're trying to set up this wholesome family home to bring in a foster child. And David's like, I cannot compromise my family for this bullshit. Dad, I've asked you to buy out of the business. If you don't do it, I'm cutting ties with you, which is, oh, God. Like, oh, I've just been in that situation where you have to give someone close to you an ultimatum. It is terrifying and gut-wrenching and... Oh, it's a lot. And I just think that was an amazing, incredible moment. Whichever way you 
stand on who's right and who's wrong, but like to have to get to that point is huge. And I felt that for him. I, the whole time, saw Paul that never gave up vigil of his bedside. Oh. When doctor, that's what I saw. Yes, he tried to buy a kidney. Tried he could put, he could have got them some uh, illegal kidneys dropped off of the shed. Yeah, yeah. Then he'd be okay with it. Wouldn't he? <laughs> that that business is such a freaking hot mess. It would be getting bailed out all the time by Paul. Do you think Pierce is going to bail it out even once? But also, it's not Paul's responsibility. When he's like, "Oh, you're going to come crawling to me when it goes under anyway," I'm like, "Who cares?" Again, that's Harlow's assignment is Harlow's problem. David and Aaron's business is their problem. No, but Paul's David's dad. He he wants his kids and their partners to succeed. And he knows that that gym slash shipping container <laughs> is the stupidest idea in history. Whereas Pierce is going to go, you know what? I've sunk a lot of money into this money pit and it's costing me money now. So, you know what? Let's shut it up. And what what's going to happen to Aaron then? Yoga on the lawn. <laughs> Join Hill Run Buddy Club. Oh, good God, David did marry Drab Willis II, didn't he? (laughs) So this week, also Kyle and Roxy go on a date. Things kind of go well and then end badly, which is sort of their trend. Then Kyle goes to Grief Group. Yes, it's back. Meets Isla Fisher. I think her name is Grief Group Grafica. (laughs) Jessica Quince, beautiful name. Yeah, well, she was beautiful beautiful redhead and she had like a great vibe she was wearing overalls which are hard to get off and that's exactly what they did yeah get off (laughs) um and she gives him a great line where she's like you know what if it feels good that's what you should be doing in grief and we're we're, our bodies are meant to just move on basically and then they pash but and there was a line where she said oh you know like the eden hills one has better biscuits you know what my theory on grief group gressica is oh yeah she's marla from fight club She's, she's just a scammer. She's going there for the free bickies and the, the entertainment. And the saucy roots. Exactly. Because I was going to bring it back to SVU again because uh, Amanda Rollins got caught up in a player at AA meetings who would just go around and hook up with vulnerable women. Yeah. Find someone vulnerable and take advantage. Mm. The, the, the grief um, catfish. But Kyle is in a nondescript relationship when he does this hookup. But at the end of the day, I know that they haven't defined anything and that they shouldn't be um, monogamous, but she lives next door or on the same street or whatever and works with his mum. So, of course, he has to be a bit more discreet about it. It was a shitbag move, Kyle. He knows it. Everyone knows it. It was shitbag. And I got a message this week from a Theo who was very annoyed about this and thinks that Kyle should definitely not have done that. And I... I have to agree a little bit because that was a great relationship and I was going to enjoy that unfold and now it's always going to be tainted with this Isla Fisher girl. Because I actually liked his dynamic with Quince, Quincy because mm. they were bonding over their grief. They had a nice little chemistry but I wasn't there for the shitbaggery of it all. If, if she's not some sort of grifter. She's got to be. We're due. Then maybe she's going to be like a new Sonia style character. Ooh. <gasps> yes. I could see her whipping up a veggie lasagna. She's got her insights into people's problems. And you know I'm despo for a counsellor. Yeah. Well, she uses her counselling skills to get sex, though, so I'm not sure that's... Okay, well, look, everyone's got their flaws. <laughs> She'll fit right in. Well, I think we can fire up citizen or citizen of the week. I, look, I think I've got two citizens this week. Yep, go. Two of my favourite scenes from this year just followed on from each other, so that was 
First citizen, Paul, for being just so lovely with Susan in during her panic attack. Also, I love those two together. Oh, yeah. Jackie and Stefan do a great double act. It was like when we saw Stefan and um, Colette last week or the week before when he was comforting her in, in her grief over Gary. Yeah. Beautiful. And my second citizen goes to the lovely Andrea for just her moment of pure peacocking in the prison. It was just <laughs> wonderful. CJ? I would have to go citizen to Dr. Knacker for all of this crap with his dad. Yep. I'm just – I think he is an emotionally intelligent person who needs to have conversations and grow with his father instead of making all of these kind of – you know, just being, we mentioned Paul goes from zero to 10. Dr. Knack is going from zero to 10 and I don't like it. I'm going to go shitters and Paul Robinson Ooh. because you're shitting me up the wall. You're not listening to the needs of your family members. You're banging your head against the same brick wall over and over again and getting the same outcome. Try a different way of being just for a few minutes. But maybe it's his family who are wrong. <laughs> But he, he, but he wants them around. He's chosen them. Otherwise, move to New York and be with um, Leo and Amy's brother-sister love. And Elle. And Elle. Like, pick your cooler kids and be with them. <laughs> yeah. But remember how many days he didn't shower after Bum Island? <laughs> That's what's in that man's heart. He's pure. Pure of love. Yeah. Then he has to find a balance between his pure love and his hot-headedness because it ain't working, buddy. It's not working. I've always said, with brilliance comes mania. <laughs> Gals, another packed week for everyone on the horizon, I imagine. Yeah. Keep, <laughs> keep Well, keep the chats coming in the Neighbours Council. That's giving us all life, like loving it to bits. Oh, and the questions that we're getting for our question episode, which I love the idea of there. That's your idea. Thanks, no worries. But secondly, those questions are so good. Keep them coming. I reckon we could do 100 episodes at this point. It'd be great. Remember, they don't have to be just Neighbours-related questions too. Yeah, the council has skewed Neighbours-esque, but we can take life advice questions too. And you can ask them directly of us or um, neighbourspod at gmail.com or you can reach out on the socials. CJ, where do you play? At CJ the Hot Mess Mum on Instagram. Kate? I'm at Remude on Twitter. I'm Vaya Pashos on Twitter and neighbourspod.com is our website and we will chat to you guys next week. See ya. Bye. 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 <laughs>